Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Thursday's edition of Cork Today and it seems like every day is rolling into the next day and every day seems to be the same as the day before and you have a feeling tomorrow is going to be the same as it is today. John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp us at 0862-103-103 and I can't overemphasize enough to anybody out there who is looking for help or support. Use us please if you don't know who in your area is offering the type of support you might need if you're self-isolating or you're staying indoors to keep yourself safe and you're running out of foodstuffs or items or medicine needs to be collected from the pharmacy and you just don't know who you can contact in your area, please, please use us here at the radio station. Make contact with us because we've got uh, quite a big list of, I don't think there's an area across Cork City or County that we couldn't get help for somebody if they needed help. The community spirit that's out there is just incredible and I know yesterday and it was only when we went off air because there can be a lot of texts both traditional texts and WhatsApps and emails and calls coming into the programme and we do our best to get through as many of them as we can while we're on air between 10 and 1 but the ones that we don't get through particularly the texts and the emails we go through all of them afterwards to see any of them that need to be prioritised or any of them that we can carry over to today and when I came off air yesterday in the midst of a lot of text messages that came in I spotted a text from one of our listeners Mary Ann was her name who was indoors afraid to go out to the shops she's trying to self-isolate herself she doesn't have any symptoms but she's trying to protect herself and keep herself safe and she needed a bit of help she needed to get some uh, groceries in and other bits and pieces and just didn't know where to go so she was in the Bandon area so we got on to Sean O'Donovan and his team and they're because they're working in the greater Bandon area and uh, they're going to sort her out and there's John Paul said there's been other calls like that coming in and we just literally just put that person in contact with the group that's in that area so if you haven't if you are operating a, a a community group in your area and you haven't made contact with us already, get on to John Paul just so that we can take your contact details in case we get a text or a call into the programme today and someone, because somebody in your area needs help. And again, I say to people who are who's in that situation, you're at home, you're on your own, you don't have anybody else to, to call on. And for a lot of people, they find it hard to say, I need a little bit of help. Please reach out. There are people out there with 
time on their hands. Many of them, it's not, they don't want to have time on their hands, but they find themselves in the situation that they're out of, a, out of work just for the moment, just for the moment, temporarily laid off. And they're only too happy to get out every morning and to give them something to do as well. So there's really a lot of very helpful hands out there. So please reach out. Do not be on your own. If you need a little bit of help and support, that help and support uh, is there. 1850 uh, John Paul taking the calls. And just by the way, on the calls... Uh, the phone lines, as you can appreciate, are extremely busy. We are running on a skeleton staff here. Everyone in the radio station that can work from home are working from home. So myself and John Paul are here working on the programme. So John Paul has no backup or support when it comes to answering the phones. And they were particularly busy yesterday. And I know it can be very frustrating if you're ringing and ringing and ringing a number and it rings out and you have to redial it. And we all get annoyed with call centres when, when you're on hold for so long or whatever. But just appreciate when you're ringing John Paul, it's John Paul on his own answering the calls. And there were some people, and it, I, I got cross yesterday when I heard it, there were some people yesterday quite abusive to him because he wasn't answering the calls quick enough and telling him that was his job. Uh, he does a lot more than just answer calls. So please, people, can you be kind? I really want people uh, to be kind. And actually talking of be, be being kind, there was a gorgeous text in, it was my first text when I, when I sat down in front of the screen today to say hi Patricia and John Paul hope this message finds you both well I just want to thank everyone who are, who are providing such great support and services during this difficult time your hard work and dedication is very much appreciated stay safe everyone we can overcome this and that comes in from Marie well done Marie they're the wonderful positive text that is great great to uh, get as well so thank you for that we we appreciate it and here's a thought for the day we might be wandering like lonely clouds in isolation but like William Wordsworth we will still see a host of golden daffodils on the horizon keep believing and that's uh, signed Eileen in Bear Island and I'm assuming that's the wonderful Eileen in in Bear Island who we spoke with on the programme yesterday and who we are going to have back on the programme again next week the number of people that I met who said and who contacted us to say wasn't Eileen just like a breath of fresh air she was like a host of golden daffodils so thank you Eileen for that and we hope you have a lovely day and that the sun is shining down on you in Bear Island and you're able to get out and get some uh, fresh air now the full extent of the grip of the coronavirus and the grip that it has on this country was revealed for the first time yesterday when for the first time yesterday the powers that be decided to give us a breakdown of the numbers now they were the numbers up to Monday which which was 271 people have been affected with the coronavirus. So the Department of Health released figures last night. Um, now, they also released the figure showing 74 people tested positive yesterday. So the overall figure up to yesterday was 366. But they took this 271 figure up to midnight on Monday and gave a detailed breakdown just to show the impact of who's been most affected at the moment some of those figures are quite worrying because it showed on the people caring for the sick, the health workers. The health workers made up one in five of those who have succumbed to the infection. A fifth of the 271 infected up to Monday picked it up without knowing the source of the infection 
that to me is the real worry because that 100% confirms that it is now circulating in the community. Six patients have ended up in intensive care units and 84 had been hospitalised and that was the figure that somebody was looking for yesterday. Uh, How many people are at home which and the people who are at home are the people then that will have mild to moderate symptoms and while they're contagious and they need to be away from everyone and they need to self-isolate but they don't need to be in hospital. So out of the 274, 84 hospitalised of which six were in intensive care. So the bulk of the people to date that have been confirmed as positive for the coronavirus are able to stay at home and look look after themselves or have somebody else uh, looking looking out for them. Four in ten were infected abroad. 17% got the virus from another person who was positive. One in five are still under investigation as to how they picked it up. Two thirds are under the age of 55 and generally one in four are aged between 35 and 44 and that is showing that it is hitting the younger age group because I think that sort of message went out oh coronavirus it's only going to affect the older people particularly when we were trying to get the message out to the millennials to stop going out to the pubs before we closed the pubs and we were hoping they would get the message that they wouldn't be having house parties instead on St Patrick's Day but I think these figures are going to be a wake up call because it's going to show people that it isn't just older people that get COVID-19. The worry when the reason why we focus on older people and more vulnerable people and people with underlying conditions, if God forbid they get COVID-19 then it's a very serious illness and that's where the fatalities will be whereas younger people can still get COVID-19 but they may it's not going to kill them but they could still become very unwell and that's not to say that it's not going to kill them it could but it is more likely to kill somebody in the at-risk group there was also one baby had been infected uh, as well uh, because there there was uh, whatever it is about this virus children can pick it up but many children will have the virus and they won't even have symptoms so obviously I'm assuming that includes uh, babies as well and the big I think the uplifting story for me yesterday and the one that gave me great hope was the news of the number of health workers who have answered the call uh, to say, yes, we will give Ireland the dig out that it needs and they are coming home in their thousands. There are also many um, coming out of retirement. There are other people switching jobs and they're coming from all over the world. We're hearing of nurses and doctors coming back from Toronto, coming back from America, coming back from Australia. And I'm assuming there will be a cohort who will come back from the United Kingdom as well. They were signing up yesterday at a rate of 1,000 an hour. So in a 24-hour period, 24,000 medical workers answered Ireland's call to join the frontline battle against coronavirus. That is incredible. And that call is still out there and they're still looking for people to sign up. The courage and and the dedication just has moved so many people, uh, including politicians. And one tweet, and I retweeted it yesterday, was a gorgeous tweet from Simon Harris, uh, who said, you know, he was thanking everybody for what they had done. And, you know, he was just blown away. I mean, nobody could have expected that that many people would have responded to the call. And he said in his tweet, Ireland, I love you. What an amazing national effort. 
thank you so much and it would be great to have all of those people back with all of their expertise and then talking about coming back they need to get on planes trains and automobiles uh, probably as quickly as possible because the world does seem to be shutting down from an aviation point of view. Now we know the government extended its deadline for Irish tourists in Spain to they were meant to get home by midnight tonight but then it got extended yesterday and the government said okay we will give you until Saturday and that it seems was to deal with the large numbers who were attempting to leave the region and of course Spain as we know has been very badly affected by the coronavirus pandemic so Simon Coveney said okay rather than Friday rather than Thursday at midnight let's leave it until Saturday at midnight to get people who want to get out of Spain it includes the Balearic Islands it also includes the Canary Islands just to tell people to come home so the Department of Foreign Affairs then when they decided to extend until Saturday then they began then to work with airlines including Ryanair and Aer Lingus and obviously this was all done in, in conjunction with uh, Spanish authorities so procedures uh, put in place a lot of travel agents can we give a a high five to travel agents who are working flat out. I heard of one travel agent who didn't sleep for two nights, constantly, you know, trying to keep updated with what's happening and trying to repatriate people that are abroad. So travel agents whose industry is really going to be decimated at the end of this, but they're working so hard to get people back to this country. So they need to be acknowledged as well. But anyway, so plans have been put in place yesterday between Ryanair and Aer Lingus to get people home. Then lo and behold, Ryanair decide early this morning to suspend all flights except for providing what they're calling essential connectivity and that seems is only going to be between the UK and uh, Ireland. Four out of five flights have been cancelled between today and March the 24th and they say after that period they expect that most if not all of the Ryanair Group flights will be grounded. There will be a very small number of flights to maintain essential connectivity between the UK and uh, Ireland which mean that the flights that have been planned and I know for example there was a flight from Lanzarote to bring people back on Saturday full has now been cancelled. So it's going to be leave a huge, huge headache. Again, it'll fall back to a lot for the travel agents, but it also for people who are in Spain, in the Canaries, were planning on jumping on that plane now to discover waking up this morning that that flight has been cancelled, which is just absolutely uh, shocking. 1850 333 103. Uh, our lines are open. Let me go to some of your emails that are coming into us today and follow ups on some pieces that we did yesterday. Remember yesterday we had Michelle who joined us on the programme who was finding herself in a bit of a, a dilemma. She needs to get a medical certificate in order that she can renew her driver's licence and she'd been on to the doctor and they said look as we can appreciate GPs are flat out at the moment that's they're not doing any sort of routine appointments and they would deem the filling in of a medical form you have to actually see the person the person must go in have an appointment with the doctor the doctor has to go tick boxes I'm assuming on a form make sure that everything is right dot all the I's cross all the T's sign the form hand it back to the person then the person goes off and they're able to renew their driver's licence and they deem that routine and they've cancelled a lot of those routine appointments 
which you can absolutely understand from the GP's point of view. But that left our Michelle in a bit of a pickle. Her driving licence is up on the 1st of April. She needs her driver's licence. What's she going to do if she doesn't have a driver's licence? So Michelle joined us on air. Then we had other people because I knew I was saying to Michelle when I spoke to her, you're not going to be on your own on this. So we had other people saying, yeah, in the very same boat. So we got on to the Road Safety Authority to say... Are you aware of this? What can be done about it? Now, they've come back to us to say that they are very aware of these issues. Obviously, other people and other radio stations are contacting them as well. They say they are now in detailed consultation with the Department of Transport about introducing measures to address this problem. And they say they certainly will be in contact with us when they're in a position to announce the measures. So I take that as a sigh of relief for Michelle and others who are waiting to renew their driver's licence but can't because they don't have this medical cert from the doctor. Something's going to be put in place. So hold off. And as soon as we have the answer to that and what the Department of Transport has come up with as a possible solution just to tie us over this period of this coronavirus crisis, we will bring it to you. And then this came in by email and we've had similar calls and texts in from others. So I'm going to call it out to see firstly if anybody has any solutions and to tell you what we're trying to do about it as well. Morning Patricia, this is signed an avid listener in Skibbereen. Would you be able to find out if my 20-year-old daughter, who is a full-time student, but due to the current COVID-19 situation, her college is closed. She was due to start a part-time job as a waitress, but again, due to COVID, the business is closed. Is she entitled to any form of benefits? She has a student loan with the credit union but won't be able to pay this and we her parents are to the pin of our collar. Do you know if we should continue to pay her student accommodation rent her student fees I'm sure there are a lot of parents in the same situation. Any advice would be much appreciated Now I know yesterday when we had our piece um, with um the lovely lady from the Mari who was on from the Department of Social Protection and we were going through what people were entitled to if they lost if they lost their jobs or were being temporarily laid off. We were told that students who were working would be entitled. The problem I see with this listener is her daughter was about to start work. So technically she hasn't been let go. If she'd started, there might have been some hope. Uh, So I don't think she's in. But then she's 20. Could she sign on as a 20 year old for job seekers allowance, job seekers benefit? We'll try and get that uh, checked for you, seeing as she is out, technically out of college now. And it is looking like many of the colleges are saying that they probably will not be returning for the remainder of the academic year. This hasn't been officially announced yesterday, but I know, for example, the University of Limerick told students they need to be prepared for the very real possible possibility that there will not be a resumption of normality for the remainder of the final term and that the campus will remain closed. And I know Dublin City University told its students that all teaching and assessment of exams will be conducted online for the rest of the academic year. So... We'll have to wait for the other colleges to come out as to what exactly they are going to do. But the dilemma with do you continue to pay the student accommodation and the student fees? Now, we'll, we'll put an email through and we'll see if maybe we can get a spokesperson on from the students union. They would be the ones who would know the best way to deal with that, because I think you're right. You're not going to be the only one in that boat. So I'd be interested to hear from other parents of students who are now at home. There's no college going ahead. Okay, some of them are doing uh, online. 
classes and tutorials but how are people managing when it comes to paying student accommodation or student fees if you want to let us know your views on that please 1850-333-103 and yesterday I did a bit of a defence for shop workers when somebody contacted us and they were having a bit of a rant and they named a particular premises which we didn't name that they'd gone into it was you know a garage that also sells coffees and stuff and the person went in to use the toilet and they were taking umbrage to the fact that there was no soap inside in the toilets and they were kind of having, having to go with the garage for that and I said did you point that out to the to the garage rather than you know get on and rant to me I always prefer people to go say to the person there's no soap and you know, give them the opportunity to sort it out. Well, Aoife, a shop worker, heard the comment in from that gentleman yesterday and uh, about the lack of, and, and he was also complaining about the cost of sanitizers. but anyway, um, about the lack of sanitizers and soap inside in the toilet. Aoife said, if people notice, for example, that there's no hand sanitizer in a shop or that the container is empty or they go into the toilet and notice there's no towels, they've run out of towels or that there's no soap, staff are working under extreme pressure at the moment trying to stock shelves, for example, be on the tills, maintain all of our stores and everything else that needs to be done. It's all hands on deck at the moment and all shops and businesses are extremely busy. So if something runs out in a normal time, staff would be on top of it. They'd be in and out checking. But because they're so busy at the moment, they may not be as checking as often as they've done previously. So please, 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 customers, point it out to somebody in the store and I guarantee you the staff will immediately go in and replace whatever the item is. But there's no point giving out afterwards. Just remember, please, that staff working in all retail and garages and everywhere, they're working under immense pressure at the moment. So give them all a break please. And thank you to Margaret who uh, runs the Donnerail blog for a, a great uh, email into us. Says, Morning Patricia, I hope you and everyone at C103 are doing well. Just a few thoughts on the COVID-19 that I would like to share. Can we look at this as a pause? Life goes on but our new normal is very different from everything we have ever known to date. The message is not getting to some out there, though. I saw a post this morning from a bus driver. He takes people on the local Link bus. He was asking parents not to bring their children with them. Now I ask you, why would you bring your children to the supermarkets and cause more confusion and danger to others? Could one parent not do the shopping? And yes, I know there are those that don't have that facility, but could they not avail of a delivery service or ask somebody within the community to do a shop for them? We are all asked to do our bit. And no, we don't want a dictatorship in Ireland, but there is that small majority, minority I suppose, who will always flout any rules And then the decisions have to be taken out of their hands and therefore we all suffer. Patricia, Donnerail is open for business. Donnerail Pharmacy is asking customers to ring in advance so the prescriptions are ready for them. Londis and Donnerail are open and they have a full stock of everything. Centre Donnerail got a delivery yesterday and we're very, very busy stocking the shelves. Donnerail Post Office is open for business. Please shop local. We can all get through this if we all play our part. Thank you for that uh, Margaret. And interesting actually when you talk about not bringing the local link bus saying don't bring children. I saw and heard, or should I say I heard senior management in Lidl 
requesting, they can't enforce it and they can't force people not to bring children into the shops, but they were asking parents, please, that when you're coming to do your shopping, can you leave your children at home? They're trying to do their best in the stores about social distancing. And they just asked, they said they can't enforce it. They can't put a sign up saying no children allowed. And I know some other super value branches around the country are asking the same thing of parents to consider, please, when you're going shopping to leave your children at home. And all of the supermarkets have seen huge, big, full page ads in all of the papers today. I think every single supermarket has taken an ad out, you know, talking about just how busy they are, talking about how they're trying to set aside quiet times so that older people can go to the stores when they're not too busy. But again, a number of them are saying, like, when you're going in with your trolley, one person per trolley. And to me, that's basically saying don't have the children hanging out of the, out of the trolley. And if you, you normally shop husband and wife, could one of you just do the shopping instead? Just trying to reduce the numbers, because if we reduce the numbers of people out and about, that makes the social distancing a little bit easier. I was in a lot of shops, or I saw a lot of shops yesterday, I drove past rather than being in. I was in a couple of shops, but they, there were signs up everywhere saying to people, the shops that have remained opened and they are becoming less and less on a daily basis. So, so many shops have closed. But when you are going into shops, just be aware of who's in front of you and who's behind you and that whole thing of keeping that two metres away from each other. Certainly the main post office in Mallow yesterday have big X's on the ground. They probably, I think there's only five customers can go in at a time, but that will mean tomorrow morning. Now remember all the post offices are opening at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning uh, to facilitate older people who might want to get out a little bit earlier. But there will be queues outside. Let's hope we get a fine day tomorrow. There will be queues outside of post offices and it's to try to get people outside of the post office to try to do the social distancing as well. Just We all just need to keep away from each other. Won't be for very much longer. We'll all be able to be back hugging each other and shaking hands and hugging. But for now, we just need to keep our uh, distance. And when we're talking of shopping local and supporting local, it's, it's great if we hear of businesses that are still trying to and manage to keep going. I've had an email in from Aidan Foley, who is an antique auctioneer in Donnerill and he's he's having an auction this coming Saturday and it is going ahead at uh, 12 noon. Now, there'll be no public viewing, which is kind of you think, oh, how can you have an auction if there's no public public viewing? But what they're doing is he's putting all of the lots have been photographed and are on Aidan Foley's website and the auction will be broadcast as a live auction with only online or telephone participation. So if you are, you can check it out online. It's irishcountryhouse.com is the website if you want to see all the items that will be going under the hammer. But it will all be done online. There's something new for Aidan Foley, who is an antique auctioneer in Donnerill. If you want to check out that website, irishcountryhome.com. 1850 Our lines are open. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas, and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. One of our regular contributors to the programme, Grenade based GP, Dr. Nick Flynn, has voiced serious concerns over the challenges which the GP sector will face in the weeks ahead, including simply 
actually maintaining the service. Dr Nick Flynn of mygp.ie joins me. Good morning to you, Nick. Good morning, Patricia. Now, just in your own practices, what level of increased calls are you experiencing? Uh, well, I, I think if you, if you look at two weeks ago, when uh, I thought it was, it was nearly business as usual, two weeks ago, we had, uh, seven, I think it was 1,750, so nearly 1,800 calls to the practice. And last week, when it was beginning to escalate, we had 3,600 calls. So it was actually an increase of over 100%, so more than doubled the telephone contact with the practice. Um, and we're expecting this week that it's going to increase further, notwithstanding that, that uh, we didn't work a full day on St. Patrick's Day. We, although we, we had doctors in and admin staff in working, it, was, it wasn't that full pace. But no, we're certainly seeing uh, about today's 100% increase in practice contacts. Would that be reflected all over the country, do you reckon? I think, no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a little bit of it is that we're changing the way that we've worked as well. Um, like, non-essential work has been paused. Um, and really, it's, we're doing, like, the role of that GPs have in the in the current crisis at this moment, point in time, is to um, triage people or to, to, to speak with people who uh, have symptoms and if they fit the criteria for a ter- for, for testing, to refer them and to do that as much as possible. So th- for this for this delay phase to work, uh, we need to test as many people who are likely to be positive, who fit the criteria, which basically is anybody who has a fever or recent onset respiratory symptoms. So if you if you fit that category, so a fever or recent onset respiratory symptoms, contact your GP. Um, for private patients, that particular contact is paid for by the HSE, so there's no fee for that contact. Um, and your GP then will fill out. Uh, they, we, we have we have a pro forma questionnaire that we're filling out, and if you're uh, if you fit the criteria, we're referring you on to uh, for testing. And that's important because we know from international experience with South Korea that the, the earlier we can diagnose people and isolate them and then contact trace them. Well, the better it is that they don't pass yeah. it on. Yeah, and, and, those, and those contacts go into isolation. Well, then that will decrease. The, that will decrease the spread. And and look, for, for for people, I think it's important that 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 we don't. I sense although people are compliant, I sense a little bit of is this really going to happen uh, amongst people? Um, even this morning, somebody said to me, "Look, the numbers aren't that bad, are they?" But I think it's important to to, to realise although our our total numbers are, we're, 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 we're at 366, 74 new cases yesterday. You might say to yourself, in a country of 4.5 million, sure, that's not much. But per head of capitation, we are actually ahead of Italy from time from the first case. So we've, we have more cases per head of capitation. Like Le- Leo, Leo Varadkar the other night spoke about the calm before the storm. I mean, is, yes. is, is that what this is? That's what this is. I think, I think it's very important that we don't become complacent in that calm, that we don't panic. We, we, we can only do what we can do and for 80% of people this will be a mild illness but it's important that everybody plays their role in, in, in the social distancing and not, not having any mass gatherings and you know avoiding unnecessary social and physical contact. Um, and, and just I actually have some figures for people I know figures could sometimes be difficult on the radio but I have some figures which I think are impressive for people to, to encourage them to keep this up. Okay. So so um, so the Taoiseach spoke about 15,000 people being infected by the end of the month, okay. Yeah, is that uh, worst case scenario? No, that that that, that is uh, without figuring in what we call the non-pharmaceutical interventions, which are which are in, which are in place, the closing the schools, college, the creches, okay, home, no mass gatherings, all of that, okay, and also the businesses closing and people taking their 
social isolation seriously, okay? Okay. For, for 15,000, I suppose, is, you could say, what their, 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 their worst case scenario. But that works on a daily rate of increase of 30%. Now, if you go to a week beyond that, it, it, you're somewhere between like, you know, 80 and 90,000 cases, okay? And if you go to a week beyond that, listen to this, you're somewhere between five and 600,000 cases. That's at a 30%. the borders and everything yeah, yeah. and and, and, and do you, but do you, but do you think i mean I, I certainly was out and about yesterday and i got a sense that people are starting to get it yeah but should have complete lockdown? Um, well, look, I'm not a public health doctor or an epidemiologist and I'd have to say that the decision makers today, I feel, have made very brave and good decisions and, and, and so I wouldn't, what I, what I would say is that yes, I do think that we should have more stringent um, social restrictions including uh, lockdown. I think that it's going to come anyway and I think if you look at the what the doll or the politicians are doing today, apparently it's been reported that they're passing legislation to allow them to stop mass gatherings Listen to this to detain people who do not obey self isolation. Yeah, yeah. To order people to stay in their homes and to restrict travel. So they're passing they're not passing that legislation. For nothing you know, there, yeah. Because it's going to be summer holiday, but they're yeah. passing that legislation because they think they may need it. So I th- I think look, hopefully hopefully the, the, the measures that they're talking about and, and, and the figures we discussed there where we can play our part in decreasing the spread of this uh, this virus. Hopefully they're successful enough that they don't, but I think it probably look why would we be different to Spain and Italy and Belgium? These are modern societies, modern economies. Like we, a little bit of it, uh, Patricia, is the psychology of pandemics, which has been well described. And so we are here in Ireland, we're insular, an island nation, and we say, sure, look, it couldn't happen to us. When it was in Wuhan, Patricia, it, and when 
it was just it started off in a place called the wet market. And if you if you read the narratives around that, the, the, the kind of the wealthier people outside of the wet market were saying, Oh sure, of course they've got a disease in the wet market, sure. That's the wet market. They're all, you know, whatever type of people there, they won't get the disease, but I won't get it. And all of a sudden Wuhan had it. Then the Europeans were saying, sure, look, that's a Chinese problem, it's not going to come to us. Then the Italians had it. And in our heads we're saying, should Italians, they're older than us, they smoke more than us, mm. they kiss on the cheek. Uh, and and, they, and they, again, we're in an island, so we're kind of protected. Yeah, well, but, 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 that's, but, that, but that's not, the, that's, that's the psychology, yeah. the wrong psychology, and it's the psychology by which we will fall foul. So we need to move beyond that. The virus, it's been well said, I, I heard Arlene Foster on the radio this morning, and, and, and she accepted that the virus doesn't uh, discriminate between you know, I think it was green and orange. You said, or mm. between, yeah. you know, between colour or creed. The, the, the virus is, it, 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 it will affect us all. You know, we will all know somebody who becomes significantly unwell in the coming weeks and months from this from this virus. And that's why we need to do the simple things that 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 that, that we've been that we've been asked to do, um, uh, and, and and that have been shown to work. You know, uh, and there's lots of good messages going around. Like you know, there's lots of professions like. Gardaí, you know, the fire service, you know, the, the, our retailers, very important, you know, the delivery services, the couriers, you know, carers, porters, radiographers, pharmacists, doctors, you know, the, the emergency medical technicians, the ambulance service, you know, these people have to go to work and, you know, so, so to, let, to let them do their job, be able to stay at home and not make their job more difficult. Okay. Are you blown away by the response from the doctors and nurses overseas who've answered the call to come back? Well, I, I am, but I'm wondering, like, you know, it's one thing to have 25,000 people. I think it's realistic. It's one thing to have 25,000 people saying, look, I'm coming home, right, uh, and I'm going to help. And then there's two things. There's one, like, there's professional registration. There is um, insurance issues. There is, um, you know, then there's the transport issues. I mean, like, how, how are they going to get home from Australia when, you know, I think the Qantas this morning. The stopping flights, yeah, you know, yeah. So, 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 like, of course, it's fantastic. But don't and look, it is fantastic. And and and, and the Taoiseach speech, although I didn't think there was anything inspiring policy wise in it, there was no news policy wise. He spoke very well. I think he prepared people for what's about to come. And I think if you were to look, reflect on, on on the wording he used, uh, I mean, he certainly expects that we've got very difficult times, very very difficult times ahead. But but the, but the real like I suppose mind-blowing um, and amazing uh, things I've seen over the last two weeks is at a practice level I've seen my own staff adapt very quickly to a new environment and new way of working I've seen the patients being very understanding and how we how we have to work for the coming weeks and months and uh, and absolutely adapting to it as well so in in our practice organisation the HSC and our computer providers our IT providers stuff that they told us would take a year to do we've got within a week. You I know, know, I know. Online was, consulting, yeah, yeah. you know, um, e-prescribing, so we'll be able to send prescriptions to the chemist apparently by next week they're, and they're working flat out. And then to go up on a, on a higher level again, which is more difficult, we've got the hospitals, the hospitals are totally preparing to have capacity for this. You know, the, the, this Paul Reid on the radio, or not on the radio, on his press release uh, two days ago, he, he was talking that they have 500 ventilators, they've bought 300 more, and they have 100 more per week coming into the country. You know, hopefully that'll be enough, but 
it might not be Patricia. I mean, it, it, depending on, 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 on how many people actually... And how many get, people get really unwell, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, somebody's saying if there's a complete lo- lockdown, will we, will we be able to get out to the shops? Well, any so, of the lockdowns in any of the other countries you can get out? I just want people you, you panic can, buying. Yeah, no, no, you don't want to panic buy, but, but, it's, but you get out to the shop, but it's under restrictions. So I think they take, take room. I think the, 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 the system there is you're allowed out to the shops twice a week and and, and, there's, and there's fantastic And pictures. one person from each household is allowed one out person from, yeah. One person from each household and they're queuing outside the shop over a metre apart yeah. and they're allowed into the, into the shop in small numbers but but you still get out you get to go to your doctor you get to go to your pharmacy but yeah, but, that, but, but there has to be a system in place like there, if there is a lockdown and, and there hasn't been hasn't been announced although it does seem that government are preparing for it if there is if there is lockdown it will be it will be enforced so it will be you, you will have um, Guard, the and, and the army and the army yeah. enforcing it and that's for all our goods and that's, that's not something to be afraid of that's most people will be very respectful of the advice that they're going to be given um, and, I, and I wouldn't I don't think people should be alarmed by that but I think yeah, look, the, 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 what outside of medicine what, what has been going on in the last you know, number of weeks in, in, in the public sector has also been phenomenal just to Ensuring that supply chains of food and medicines are secure, you know, ensuring that you know that that, that vital services will stay open, you yeah. know, you know, the okay. social welfare changes. It's been it's been an amazing effort. But just before I go, just to remind people, so it's our job to remain socially or, or physically isolated from people to um, to avoid unnecessary contact with other people. And if you have a fever or a, or a new onset cough or other respiratory symptom, contact your doctor because it's our job. All right, and I can just see a text that's come in yeah. from, a, from a listener who's been to the doctor with a cough, chest infection, doesn't have a high temperature, but the doctor is sending this person forward for COVID-19 testing. He won't be tested until next Thursday. Is there, is there a yeah, big we, backlog yeah, in? There is a backlog. There's 30,000 tests arriving today. Um, and again, I, I, like, it would be better if it was done today. And, 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 and then the, the figures we get, are there's, there's no lag in them, unfortunately. The figures we're going to have over the next week are going to be historical figures because they're patients that should have been tested and the results available sooner. Having said that, you can't be critical of anybody. This is a worldwide uh, no. But this gentleman has been told to, he must self-isolate now yes. that he, he is presented with these yeah. symptoms. He, he must self-isolate. That is together. important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And okay. that self-isolation, so when you have the respiratory symptoms, it's important that, 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 that you do self-isolate. And it's important that you contact your GP, even if you don't feel too unwell, you know, a tickly cough, a bit of a sore throat, whatever. You know, if you feel a little bit unwell, you say, oh, I'll be okay, I don't need to burden the health service. No, we want you to contact us. We want to be able to test you. And if you're positive, we want to be able to test you. But you contact. need to self-isolate while you're waiting for that yes, test. That, that to, is important. You need, you All right. need to Okay, we'll talk again, and Nick. Thank in the meantime, look after yourself as well, because I'm I'm, I'm conscious of burnout with all the GPs. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank uh, bye bye, Dr. Nick Flynn of mycorkgp.ie. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Cork today on C one zero three with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go, Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. C one zero three anthems. C103 Anthems Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7 Cork's Greatest Hits C103 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed
some of your calls and your questions and your commentary coming in. Marie says where I live there are about 20 children and teenagers playing on the green in our estate. Should they really be out playing? I've kept my children inside. The advice is no play dates. And if you are having play dates to keep it to one, maybe one friend over the very most, children have to get out. I can absolutely appreciate trying to keep children indoors. And when you get a little bit like it's a lovely one looking out, it's probably cold out there, but just there's some blue sky and the, the sun is shining. And if children are being cooped up, I can just imagine parents wanting to see them out in the green area to kick a football around. But the advice is they shouldn't be gathering in big groups. And I think because we're having and hearing calls like that of groups of young people all out together like that, I think that's pushing us nearer and nearer to the government intervening and saying, People are not abiding by the rules. We're going to have to have a complete, uh, not the rules, but the recommendations. We're going to have a complete lockdown. So you're right to keep your children inside, but bring them out. I mean, bring them out for a walk, bring them out for a kick around with the football. But it's to try to keep them away. Again, hard to do with children. Children sort of radiate towards each other, don't they? And they want to play with each other. We just, we're in very, very uh, difficult times. And Helen says, uh, is looking for advice of what to do if you can't get through to the doctor. She said she keeps ringing, they're not answering the phone. Any advice, particularly if you feel you may need a test. Now, Helen, can I say to you, if you feel you need a test, then you sit on that phone and you redial and you redial and you redial. You will eventually get through. All of the GP practices are doing most of their work now has been done over the phone so their phone lines are really busy but if you think you have symptoms you sell, you start the self-isolation from the minute you, you think you have the symptoms and you keep ringing and you will get through uh, and when you do get through and if the doctor feels yes that you have the symptoms that needs a COVID-19 test you'll have a wait for the test one of our listeners when I was speaking with Dr Nick sent in a text saying he was got on to the doctor yesterday his test is not until next Thursday now I don't know whether they're going to get more testers out more community testing stations out or not but more and more people certainly are going to be coming forward for testing so there are going to be delays but while you're waiting on that test you heard Dr Nick say you must self-isolate so if you think you've got the symptoms your self-isolation actually starts from now but keep ringing you will get through I promise you they will answer the phone uh, eventually uh, and then oh this is on the students who are out of work part-time this is the the answer from the welfare department when we have students saying that their jobs are gone. If they've already been working, then they are entitled to complete the COVID-19 form if the employer is not in a position, the, the employer was closed down, not, not in a position to give them uh, work. So they are able to apply for that. And the interview that I did yesterday with Mary Hart from the Department of Employment Affairs and Social Welfare for those who are out of work temporarily, we keep saying temporarily, the, the, this too will pass and you will get back to work. That's available as a podcast on c103.ie for anyone that missed it yesterday. If you want to listen to it, she was a mine of information. Maura in Skibbereen says, Patricia, when we hear health professionals asking people aged over 60 to cocoon and stay indoors, could I suggest, please, that our TV, TV providers take note that more of us over the age of 60 are going to be stuck indoors. Not all of us have computers. Not all of us have access to the internet. So instead of us watching Tipping Point and the chase one after another, could they not start putting on some of the older movies, start showing them in the afternoon? Anything starring Bette Midler or Shirley Temple? 
would be particularly welcome for Maura in Skibberine. Oh, the old Shirley Temple movies. I could sit down and spend an afternoon watching that, I can tell you. She reckons it would distract people and keep them happy on the inside and that's important if people are cocooning and self-isolating. Tom in Formoy says, if people are so worried and these are the people that are ringing up giving out that they're not hand sanitizers available everywhere they go, everywhere they go. If people are so worried about that, why not bring your own little bottle of hand sanitizer with you in your bag or in your pocket? Everybody in retail and in business at the moment are trying to do the best that they can, especially the workers in the supermarkets. So stop having a go at people and bring your own hand sanitizer with you. Mary in Dermanway wants to point out that it's not just medical teams or staff that the HSC are looking for and asking people to come home to work. They're also looking for clerical staff. There's a lot of admin work going on at the moment. And if you check out the HSC website, if anybody wants to enlist and enrol with the HSC, to help this country out of the COVID-19 if you check out their website. And Mary on Facebook says, Hi Patricia, thank you for keeping us informed with all of the correct information for the past while. Uh, only too glad to do that. Um, this you're probably aware of, but just in case uh, you don't like doing the negative stuff and we're trying to stay as positive, but we do need to support our frontline staff. I'm so angry that this happened in Dublin and what Mary was reacting to was the story of nurse being clamped on hospital grounds. I was fuming when I heard about this and the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, the INMO, they're calling for immediate action to the reports of healthcare workers having had their cars clamped on hospital grounds. And due to the influx of patients being tested for COVID-19, nurses and other healthcare professionals are offering working hours beyond their shifts. And the hospitals, staff working in some of the hospitals around the country, they pay a fee of up to 15 euro per day if they want to pay for on-site parking. But in many cases, overtime workers have found themselves clamped and forced to pay as much as €120 to have it removed because when they come out their shift was meant to end at 8 so they paid up for parking say up to 9 o'clock but they don't get out some days until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night to come out then after a 12, 14 hour shift to discover your car is clamped €120 to have the clamp removed. Now some hospitals have stressed that they do not operate or receive any payment from the car parks and it's controlled by a third party company. So the hospitals are saying nothing to do with us folks. But the INMO, they formally raised this issue with the HSC. They say hospital car parking charges and clamping are long standing issues for health workers and they have had reports of nurses at the end of a very long shift coming out to to find that their car has been uh, clamped and they're saying it's, you know, extremely unhelpful, particularly during this uh, crisis. And I know Dublin City Council have instructed their parking services to exercise what they say is discretion when it comes to clamping cars that are parked anywhere around the vicinity of uh, hospitals. But it is shocking. And I saw Two nurses put up a Facebook post over the weekend showing pictures of their cars uh, with the clamps on it. And one nurse couldn't get the clamper to come back and she was just so exhausted she ended up having to pay for the clamp to be removed. But she said she'd come back and get the car the next day and it ended up paying for a taxi to get her home. Just shocking. And while that's going on, here's a wonderful example of a good news story for our health workers because nine motors in Bandon are eager to help and support in any way they can with the upheaval caused by COVID-19. So what are they doing? 
doing. They're offering a free service to the medical staff of all of the hospitals. Isn't that fantastic? So any medical staff, if you want any make, any model of car, if you pop along or contact Nine Motors in Bandon, they will do a free car service just to make sure that your car is up and running and we don't we want to make sure that the car gets you to and from there uh, uh, safely as well so well done to Nine Motors that's that really is fantastic and Jill in Longueville is wondering could the phone companies give any reduction to people in, in this time as people try to stay in contact with broadband and phone calls etc she feels phone companies need to step up to the mark and wouldn't it be great if they could step up to the mark yeah wouldn't that be a nice nice gesture some of your whatsapps Patricia, if this is the calm before the storm, and that's what Leo Varadkar said when he addressed the nation the other day, and I asked Dr. Nick Flynn, and he says, yes, this is the calm before the storm. It is going to get worse. Well, this texter is saying, if that's the case, why are we not in lockdown now? Why are we waiting for the inevitable? We just, we have to look after ourselves and make our own decisions to protect our families now. Italy delayed and by God, are they paying the price now? Well, I think with what's going on in the Dáil today, they have to introduce legislation, they have to introduce new laws in order to put in a complete lockdown in this country whereby you would have the Gardaí and the army and they could stop you on the street. At the moment, the Gardaí and the army can't stop you on the street and say, why are you out of your house? If we go to full lockdown, then there has to be legislation and laws in place. And that's what the Dáil are doing today. That's why the Dáil are sitting today to pass those laws. So that to me would indicate and a lot of people are saying the same thing that would indicate that a lockdown is coming. Now when it's coming, when it's going to happen, I don't know. But that doesn't mean that if it does happen and the inevitability is it will, you will still be able to get out to attend doctor's appointments, to attend hospital appointments, to go shopping, to go to the chemist. You will be able to get out but you will be limited You can't go out every single day to have a jolly down at the shops. You will be allowed out so many times a week and there will probably, if we follow the route that they've gone in Italy, it's only one person per household can go out to do the shopping. You know, the whole family can't go out. One person will be allowed to go out and then you will see queues outside supermarkets because they will limit the number of people going in. That's if we go down the same route that Italy went down. But... It's the reason that the laws are being passed uh, today. So, yes, is is it going to happen? I, I think so, yeah. Sinead uh, Toomey says, Hi, I'm available to help anyone with anything in the McCroom area. If anybody needs any help, thank you for that, Sinead. We will keep your name and number on file. And Amy, this is when I was talking about universities and universities closing and one mother saying they don't know what to do. Do they stop paying the student accommodation? Do they stop paying the student fees? Uh, Amy says, well, in relation to the University of Limerick this morning, the lectures in the physiotherapy department have been absolutely outstanding at keeping in touch and making sure there's been a seamless transition to online learning. I certainly won't be looking for any of my fees back from the university. Have they gone above and beyond? Says Amy. Well done. Isn't it amazing how we've all of our lives have changed in, in so many different ways. And even that one, that students went home online, was put in place. And Amy saying it was just seamless how it transferred over. And I saw on TV last night a maths teacher, I don't know if you saw that on the news, a maths teacher doing a, obviously their exam students 
but having a class and it was done over Skype or FaceTime or one of those apps. And again, it looked it looked fantastic and wonderful interaction between the students and the teacher. It it was terrific. 1850-333-103. Mary says, could you let me know if you're able to mind grandchildren or not or can we be near them? Says Mary. Okay, the advice that they're giving Mary for grandparents and grandchildren, the advice is that grandparents should stay away from children at the moment while this, while we're still, while the coronavirus is still so much out in the community. And looking at the figures that we got last night and the breakdown of the figures from last Monday, it is very much in the community because they know on the number of confirmed cases of people who didn't travel outside of the country, they weren't near anyone who travelled outside of the country. So they know that that cohort of people and a large cohort of people picked it up in the community. So we know that the virus is in the community. We also know that children are what are called vectors. Children can carry the virus. Children can have the virus. Will have absolutely no symptoms. Won't be sick in any way. And that's the reason that they're saying to older people and to grandparents, keep away from your grandchildren. Keep a distance from your grandchildren. Because your grandchildren can come and give you the greatest, biggest hug. And there's nothing like the hug of a grandchild to a granny or a much loved grandfather and unwittingly they'll pass on the virus and the whole idea is that's why this cocooning has been spoken about is to keep older people safe is to keep older people away from coming in contact with anyone who might have the virus so that's why they're suggesting they can't force you Mary not to mind your grandchildren they can't force you not to see your grandchildren but that's the advice that the experts are giving and that's all we can do is look to the advice that's coming in from the experts and they're basing it on lessons that have been learned in countries like Italy. One of the reasons that it spread so fast and so quickly in Italy is the fact that they have next to Japan, they have the second oldest population in the world. They have the oldest population certainly in uh, Europe and Italian families are great for keeping in contact with each other. And they're big into having the grandparents around and the grandchildren being near the grandparents and their huggers and their kissers. And you'll meet an Italian and you'll get a kiss on both cheeks. And Italian grandmothers will, you know, wrap their arms around their grandchildren. And they reckon that's one of the reasons that it spread, the reason it has spread so quickly in Italy. So we can learn from that. And it's difficult to stay away from your grandchildren but it won't be forever. That's what we keep saying. This time will pass. And hi, Patricia, says another WhatsApper. I know you're probably sick of all the questions, but now, no, listen, that's what we're here for. Get them in and we'll do our best to try to get the answers. But I was talking to a friend of mine by phone yesterday and she said that even family members under the same roof should keep the appropriate distance from each other, even though none of us are sick or showing any symptoms at all. Is this true or is that a little bit extreme? We, of course, will take any steps necessary. Is she correct? Thank you uh, for the great job you're doing. Well, listen, we're, 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 we're trying to do our best, but thank you. I appreciate you saying that. OK, the advice on in the home, they say the two metre rule as well. Now, that's not always possible if you've got small children. It can be extremely difficult. But Dr Nick Flynn, who joined us on the programme in the last hour, I saw him put up a post on Twitter on Friday night. He was having dinner with his two they look like teenage boys his two, his two sons 
and they spaced themselves across the kitchen. He had one of his sons at the end of the kitchen on sitting like a high breakfast, you know, a breakfast counter on a stool. And then he had his son at one end of the table and he was at the other end of the table. And he said they were practising social distancing in the house. So you can take it to that length. Now, I did see a number of people comment on the tweet saying, you know, all well and good, but I've got a very young child who doesn't understand that I can't hug them. I've got a special needs child and lots of other people were commenting and Dr Nick said, yeah, you know, that it doesn't work for everyone. If you can do it, if you can manage to be in the same room and just keep your distance, just don't all be on top of each other. Terrific. Because it's just, and while everyone is, is, is fine and healthy and nobody has it, it's okay. But it's if one person comes into the house and has it, and then if you are all on top of each other, that's how it gets passed from one to the other. But having said that, I can talk from my own personal in in our own household. Are we doing social distancing? We're we're, we're jokingly talking about it and trying to keep uh, apart. We're not as demonstrative with the hugs and the kisses as we normally would have been, I have to say. But then I've got Marsha, who's deaf blind and in no way could understand, would not be able to understand why she's not literally on top of me for signs so I can sign into her hand she signs into my hand um, and sits very close to me and we have no other way of doing that while I live while we live under the same same roof so what we're doing in our house is we are fighting desperately to keep that virus at the front door and not let it in. We are over the top with hand washing. As soon as any of us come back into the house, it's the first thing you do is wash your hands. Obviously, Marsha's workshop in St. Joseph's Foundation is closed, so she's not leaving the house. If we're going out, it's for walks in areas where there are not many people around. So we're just trying to do our best to keep it out of the house because I can't do, unfortunately, what the advice of social distancing, but they do say if you can manage to do it in the house, do. But it's tough. It is extremely tough if you have very small children for sure 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text on WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Breedhaven Nursing Home they have uh, in Mallow have a number of vacancies for nurses healthcare assistants housekeeping attendants and kitchen staff while Bandon based precision engineering they are looking for a CNC machinist you need to have three years experience Caulfield Supervalue and Bandon, they've got a vacancy for an online delivery driver and production operatives are wanted in the Ballinine area of West Cork. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul have been engaging with the Commission for the Regulation of Utilities, the CRU, and all energy suppliers for the past number of days. 
days to make sure arrangements are in place for low income and vulnerable customers during the COVID-19 restrictions. And joining me from the Society of St Vincent de Paul is Dr Tricia Keelty. Good morning to you, Tricia. Good morning. And you're, you're welcome to the programme. I suppose the big fear for families is the dread of the electricity disconnection. Now, you've managed to get an agreement. Can you explain it to us? Yeah, so obviously we're going to see wide ranging impacts of the COVID-19 crisis and the restrictions. And of course, our first priority is to ensure that low income and vulnerable households are protected as best possible. So we have assurances from all suppliers that there will be no disconnections um, for people um, over the coming weeks um, up until the 29th of March, but that will be kept under review. And we've also secured um, additional support for uh, energy customers who are on prepay meters. Um, If you have electricity prepay meter, you can top up online or over the phone, but with gas, you're unable to do so because the technology doesn't allow it. But an arrangement has been made that there will be €100 emergency credit applied to any a card that's topped up between now and um, going forward. So people will have an additional cushion there if they can't get out in the future yeah. um, because there's greater restrictions that they have that additional um, €100 Euro that they can go into if they need to. But that, that is credit. That, would, that will have to be paid back. People need to keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's emergency credit. Um, if you, you were advising people only use it in an emergency because you will have to pay it back at a later date. Okay, if your bill pay, um, Tricia, should you contact your supplier, particularly if you're one of those people that have been temporarily laid off? Yes, we would encourage people if they are going to be in financial difficulty to get in touch with their supplier as soon as possible. The suppliers are willing to engage with everybody who may be experiencing financial difficulty over the coming weeks. So yes, absolutely, please contact your supplier if you have been let go and they may be able to put in place an arrangement for you until um, you're able to get back to work. It's going to be a tough time ahead from a financial point of view, Tricia, for, for like a huge cohort of people in this country. Are you expecting an increase in calls in all of the local conferences of the Society of St Vincent de Paul? Um, we're we're preparing for um, every eventuality and we're trying best to respond to the need. I suppose one of the most important things we've been doing as well is engaging with the Department of Social Protection to ensure that there's adequate income support for people who do lose their jobs, who do have their hours reduced. Um, and they've been engaging with us um, uh, over the last couple of days as well. So we've seen the um, new emergency um, payment for people who've recently lost their job. They've sped up the application. It's just one page. Um, and you can uh, get that online and then send it into your local social welfare office. So I'd encourage people to do that if they have been laid off in the last number of days. Um, um, and we'd also ask, we've asked the Department of Social Protection to extend the fuel allowance period until the end of April because people are going to be at home, their energy um, costs are going to be higher. So that also gives people another additional security. Um, and of course, people can get in touch with SVP if they are struggling and we'll try our best to respond to everybody. Well, well done. Okay. And has the fuel allowance been extended? We haven't um, heard confirmation. We, okay. we we wrote to the departments um, earlier in the week, so we're hoping that we'll um, get some confirmation. That'd be great. Because yeah. you are right, people who perhaps were normally not at home during the day are suddenly at home, you know, and they're confined indoors. Yeah, so it's, it's going to have a big impact on, you know, um, people who have children home and there's going to be greater demands on electricity uh, and heat in the home as well. So, um, yes, definitely people will have bigger bills, um, unfortunately. So we need to ensure that there's enough 
um, income supports available to people who are going to struggle. And actually, we've been contacted, uh, Tricia, by a number of people. And I can see another text just coming in now, probably because you're on the line uh, saying, what's the position for a tenant renting a property if you're out of work due to COVID-19? Is there any hint of a rent freeze, a break? What what if people are struggling with their rent? Well, we heard yesterday, obviously, that mortgages um, can be uh, paused for three months, but we're really worried about renters. there has been some discussions, I know, with the Minister for Housing to maybe introduce a rent freeze or a ban on evictions would be vitally important during this time because you do not want to put, be putting people out on the street um, at this time of crisis. It will cause on uh, lots of hardship for people. So what we'll be asking for is, is to consider rent freezes and a ban on evictions. That will be really important over the coming weeks. Okay, and now more than ever, if people do have any extra cash donations to St Vincent de Paul, more than welcome than, than ever. Absolutely, and we obviously appreciate the support of the public and they are so supportive and over the last number of years and they continue to be supportive and without it, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do. So we're very grateful for any donations people can make and you can do that online. Okay, and Lucy said, I went to drop uh, items down to my Vincent's shop and it's closed. Is that, What's going on with, the, with the, your shops? Yeah, well, we had to take a decision for the health and safety of our staff um, and volunteers who work in the shop to close the shop, given um, the nature of, of the crisis and the advice from government. Um, we can, uh, there's still clothing banks if you want to make a donation to, the, to those, but at the moment uh, you can't deliver to shops, unfortunately. But you're collecting from your clothing banks, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're still going ahead. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, listen, it's it's unprecedented times. We keep saying that and it's going to be challenging times ahead uh, for so many people. Well done on your work to date, uh, Tricia. And thank you for joining us on the programme today. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is Dr. Tricia Keelty, who is with the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. So a little bit of good news there on the um, energy your utilities, your gas and your electricity uh, suppliers. There will be nobody cut off, uh, thank God. We'll keep a close eye on the one with the fuel allowance because uh, I didn't realise that Vincent de Paul had gone to the Minister requesting that because actually that was something else that a lot of listeners had suggested that could be done, extend the fuel allowance, give an extra month just to at least carry us in till the weather gets a little bit warmer into May if they could run it to the, to the end of April. So we'll keep an eye on that. I'm just being told in a breaking news story, anyone with an exam student, oral and practical tests for leaving certain junior cert are cancelled. Students will be awarded full marks instead. That's how, that's how they're going to do that because they're still working on trying to put the Leaving Cert and Junior Certificate exams in place, certainly the Leaving Cert exams in place, because I know over in England, when they announced the closure of all schools from today, they've cancelled all exams. All the GCSE and the A-levels have just been cancelled. Whereas we have not, we're not gone down that route. They're still hoping to maybe extend the school year into the summertime and maybe push out the Leaving Cert exams instead of them in June, maybe have them into July and have them corrected in time so that we can still do the college placement in August. So the Leaving Cert certainly not gone, but the oral and practical tests all cancelled. But for students, don't panic on that. You will be uh, awarded full marks. 1850 Oh, and another one that we're getting a lot of calls in 
and commentary in and I can see there's just another WhatsApp in on it as well. This WhatsApp says, well I lose my money. I've paid for my Aer Lingus flights. I've booked for myself and my father who's an 83 year old man to fly from the 26th of March to the 29th of March. You may have brought this up yesterday Patricia in your programme and, and if you did I missed it. <laughs> Thanks a million and keep safe. No, we touched on it but we didn't actually get to it. Um, we are going to get an expert to join us on the programme to talk about travel and people who've already booked and booked holidays because we've had lots of people contact us to say they've got flights due they're, they're flying here they have a package holiday what's going to happen and, and all of that and we were hoping to do something on the programme either today or tomorrow but we've discovered that it looks like there is going to be either new legislation or new EU laws introduced to cover all uh, to cover travel and people who've already booked flights so therefore information we would give you out today or tomorrow would change so it's possibly going to be Monday or Tuesday of next week before we get to it but it's one of those things watch this space there's going to be an announcement about people who can't fly because of COVID-19 and I'm actually in I've got I've, I've, I'm one of those ones due to travel. I have flights booked for Easter to go to Devon. Now, with Aer Lingus, so sort of similar to this particular lady and her, her dad. And my flights, I think we are, are booked to go out April the 11th for that following, coming back the, the following week, whenever it is, the, eight, the 18th. Now, up to now, Aer Lingus have been saying change the flights. They've given the option and you won't be charged. But I've been sort of thinking, how do I pick another date? I don't know when I'm going to be free to go again for another week, you know, with holidays and when do I want to go? And, you know, and we're in a very changed world with this COVID-19. Will I want to be flying anywhere for the next year? I don't know. So I don't know if that sort of sits with me to just change, just pick a random week and change uh, the flights. But then lo and behold, today I get an email from Aer Lingus saying they're... still trying to push me to do that but also offering a voucher never seen this before and if I take the voucher I'll, for Erlingus I'll get all of my money back at, I think plus 10% and I don't know if that's just on flights that have been affected like the flights to America because I heard of people who Erlingus were not giving refunds on the flights to America saying well our flights are operating even though you land in America and people can't get off the plane because you're not allowed into America for 30 days so that seemed a bit bizarre so it does look like something is coming down the fact that the, I got offered this voucher that's just my gut instinct tells me something is going to happen anyway when I was talking in the office with John Paul about where, when will we be having our expert on about travel he says the expert he's been talking about says there are going to be changes so we just don't want to give you any wrong information or information that's applicable for today and then it changes tomorrow so bear with us we're not ignoring because there's a number of people are contacting us by text and phone call about travel plans so hang in there we should hopefully have some more clarity over the weekend and we'll get to it probably early next week 1850 103 and I just want to on elderly people and grand, it's not just elderly people, grandparents, because there's a lot of young grandparents out there. Somebody, for example, is saying, hi, Patricia, I'm only in my early 50s. Am I OK to see my grandchildren? Yeah, I would absolutely think 
when we're talking about grandparents not seeing their children, they're talking about older grandparents and grandparents in the at-risk group. You know, I mean, if you're in the at-risk group for COVID-19, like you are an asthmatic or you suffer from an autoimmune condition and you, you're, you're immunorepressed or you have, you're a cancer patient, you know, there's a whole list of people who are in the at-risk group. Then I would be saying, yes, stay a million miles away from small children, including your, your grandchildren. But I think in your early 50s, if you're fine, hail and Party and you don't, you're in the at-risk group, then I, you're not in the at-risk group, then I think you're okay. And somebody else says, would it be safe for the grandchildren to go for a walk with the grandparents? No holding hands, no huggings, hugging, hugging or anything like that. Just go out for a walk. Yeah, but keep that two metres. That's what we're all being told about the social distancing. I was out in Donnerell Park and it was packed and everyone was doing their best to social distance. And I've seen gorgeous pictures online of families down on the beach but try to keep the space, try to keep the two metres away from everyone. So if you want to take your grandchild out for a walk, keep the two metres apart. Feel absolutely free uh, to do that and a trip out in the fresh air won't do you any harm uh, at all. But can people be a little bit more conscious if you are, and I know you have your children at home and I know you need to get out and I know you need to do your shopping and I know the children might be driving you mad cooped up in the house. But a listener says, Patricia, I went to the service station yesterday to get some milk. I saw children in the shop running around getting very close to elderly people. They were in the shop with their parents and the parents didn't seem to take any notice of them or have any control over them. Parents, please, you need to cop on. 1850 333 103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And Sergeant John Kelly joins us for this week's uh, Guard the File. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. And and you're welcome. There was an alarm. There was an alarm activation at Aldi. God knows if the supermarket isn't busy enough as it is. This was Aldi in Mallow. Yeah, yes, Patricia. And I think the answer for what happened lies in Mallow as well. Um, I suppose last Friday morning, uh, half three in the morning, uh, Gaudi responded to an alarm activation. Uh, they were on the scene within a few minutes. An emergency glass door had been smashed, and a small quantity of alcohol taken. Um, just to give you a, a description, the listeners, a description of the two people involved. There were two males seen on the CCTV. The first male was tall, heavy set, wearing a light blue hooded jumper, navy Adidas tracksuit bottoms with three stripes on each leg from the knee down. The second was male, who appeared to be shorter. He also appeared heavy set. He was wearing light blue denims, navy jacket with white writing on the hood and left sleeve. So there was a search carried out. Um, they weren't found, but I'd say to anybody in the Mallow area, you know, give us a ring there at 022-21105 if you feel that you can help us, uh, you know, if you've heard those descriptions. And I'll just give them again. Um, the first male, as I said, was tall, heavy set, wearing light blue hooded jumper, navy Adidas tracksuit bottoms with three stripes on each leg from the knee down. The second male, a shorter, also appeared heavy set, wearing light blue denims, navy jacket with white writing on the hood and left sleeve. So, you know, the answer to, for that at half three in the morning lies definitely, I'd say, in the Mallow area. 
So if anybody knows, but they didn't. Uh, they they thankfully didn't get away with with much. Very very little. Very, very yeah. little. Alcohol. Yeah, yeah it's just small, for, for the staff. The, the staff there, as indeed staff in all the supermarkets, they're working so hard. They don't need that. Correct. You know, and, t- and, and I mean, there was more. There, there was more damage done, and there was more. Work had to be put into cleaning up after these staff. Yeah, shocking. You, shocking. You know, than what was involved, and all staff there, you know, there have to be commended. They're working flat out in in a situation like this, as as all our healthcare workers and everybody else yeah. there as well. It's, yeah, absolutely. A fraud text. This is a, a banking one. Yes, this this comes from Cork, but uh, from Cork City. But it's to illustrate what's going on again. Last Friday, um, a lady received a text message in relation to her uh, her. PTSB account as it is. Now, they have come out for Bank of Ireland, they have come out for AIB, you name it. But basically it seems that, that her, her PTSB account had been disabled. So she believed the text to be legitimate and she followed the instructions, logging logging into uh, uh, what she believed was uh, the PTSB online service. Um, she logged in, she subsequently received two texts with authentication codes. But she had followed no other instruction. So the next day, it turned out, a four-figure sum had been taken from her account. You know, So we'd appeal to people, watch out for this type of scam. It's out there. It's going to continue to be out there. Um, we thought the two layers of authentication, they even had it well thought out that they had built that into the scam as well. So they basically had created a new uh, uh, a criminal website that was a clone of the PTSB website. You know, So for people to watch out, if they get... Um, don't panic if they get a text. Contact their bank on another means. You know, log into whatever would be their normal uh, online uh, bank account, uh, you know, and go through it in that way. Do not, under any circumstances, follow uh, a link in a text, you, you know, that you receive in that way, you know. Okay. And there was a scam um, then on an elderly man in Yall. Yeah, yes, Patricia. Uh, I suppose... Um, now, in this case, you, you know, thankfully, there was a neighbour looking out for them and uh, they basically saw the the person, uh, shall we say, with somebody that they definitely, you know, didn't know and they knew that the elderly person who suffers from dementia definitely uh-huh. wouldn't have known either. But it turned out that uh, the, the, this person had tapped him for had tapped him for money and uh, probably has been calling to him for a while. So, you know, we'd appeal to people, look, I'm just illustrating the the way that, uh, you know, elderly can be exploited in, you know, in this way. Um, so, the, the, you know, just for people to keep out, keep a lookout for their vulnerable and their elderly neighbours and friends, you know, for, for people calling that may be, uh, you know, taken advantage of them monetarily or, or in other ways. And again, uh, you know, with respect to, you know, the COVID-19 crisis, and I'm sure, you know, like everything else, it will pass. Um, fraudsters, you know, no doubt they will try and exploit the COVID-19 crisis, you know, as regards phishing scams, like what I just described with the text messages, uh, fraudulent maybe selling from door to door. They may trade, they may try that, but, you know, we would hope that people in those circumstances wouldn't be opening their door anyway, you know, or different other types of way, you know, so I think rural Ireland, you know, is already swinging into its own as regards looking after, you know, the elderly and the vulnerable in our community and make sure that um, some elderly people are already staying in themselves anyway, you know, and just if whoever 
let them have one or two points, maybe one point of contact that is dropping their groceries to them. Um, you know, that they do not unsolicited, get unsolicited calls from strangers, you know, that are trying to volunteer to help them at this time, you know. So the main thing is that there are established lines of contact as regards, and the, the, the Gardaí are available to do, you know, pharmacy drops if need be to vulnerable, isolated people. In well, I saw the fleet of new cars that you've received, yes. like commu- they're yes. like community cars, they're, they're not yes. guard the cars as such. Yeah, but they'll be available, yeah. you know, to do yeah. things like that. Um, now, if they have no other means, I, you know, of getting out stuff, you know, look, if there is another problem crops up, give us a ring. You know, don't think you're wasting our time. You know, we're all there to help out and rally around at a, at a time like this. And we'll all get you know, through this together. We'll all get through together. We're going to have increased guards around because we've merged five units into four units. So as a result, you, you are going to be seeing more members uh, around as well. And we will be doing increased patrolling to make sure that uh, unscrupulous individuals don't try and exploit okay, uh, well the situation. Well done. All right, John. Listen, so, thank you for that. Thank you, Patricia. And stay thank safe you yourself. Much. And uh, we'll talk again. Bye bye. That is uh, Sergeant uh, John Kelly for this week's uh, Guard the File. And I'm just been told in a breaking news that the Port of Cork has temporarily suspended the operation of cruise liners because of the coronavirus. Cruise liners that were due to berth between now and April 20th have all been cancelled. Now, the freight operations are continued, but no cruise liners will come into the Port of Cork between now and April 20th. <laughs> So yeah. 
great sound of Thin Lizzy on C103 and that is uh, Sarah we've got news at 12 midday on the way uh, Jane Pickett our resident vet will answer your pet questions can't have anybody in the studio with us so she'll join us over the phone after half past 12 today so if you have a pet question get it in and we'll also take a look at your calls and comments that'll be coming in all morning Court today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow call and collect or get 7 day delivery for those cosy nights in lowcostfuel.ie Hello this is Eric Griffin join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems and then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here, and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8. Right here on C103. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. If you've got questions for Jane, our resident vet, can you get those into us, please? 1850 and we will have a COVID-19 section on the programme then uh, after half past 12 today. So if you have a pet question, get it in for Jane, please. John Paul says he, we've been inundated with calls uh, with people who um, want to chat to somebody. These are people who are self-isolating, that they don't have anybody to speak to. They're afraid to pop into neighbours. They have family members not calling because they want to keep the virus out of the house. But that's leading to a lot of loneliness. Now, we will be speaking with that wonderful organisation alone on the programme tomorrow because they've actually set up a dedicated COVID-19 phone line to help out elderly people. Um, So you can call them and we'll talk more about the service they provide tomorrow on the programme. But they're available at 0818 2220024 that's 0818222024 and senior line they're a group we've spoken with before they're like a befriending service as well i imagine phone lines busy but you can try them as well they've a free phone number 1800 804591 1-800-80-45-91 and for people who are suffering extreme loneliness to always remember that Samaritans are available 24-7 on 116-123 116-123 and the wonderful Lichine's Lichine House in West Cork another fantastic organisation 023-88-88-88-023 and then all the eights double eight double eight eight double eight. okay reach out please and try and talk to family members you know family members will be and I know family members you know you might think oh they're busy they won't be able to talk but if you're feeling lonely or down I guarantee if you ring any of them and just say to them I need to talk to somebody can you just you know while away a half an hour with me, while away 10 minutes with me and just just have a chat. And thank you to somebody who sent this in. This is a Facebook post that has come from England and I've seen other Facebook posts and stories like it out of uh, Italy. 
as of course Italy is, is a country that's been absolutely devastated by the coronavirus and yesterday Italy report, reported their highest daily death toll of any country since the crisis began and Europe now we have surpassed China in the number of confirmed coronavirus cases and uh, deaths and uh, Italy are just in a dreadful situation with the number of people 475 people died uh, died yesterday in one day 475 deaths at the worst point China recorded their highest single death rate which was 150 and Italy well surpassed that yesterday 475 I mean they're just there are horses queuing up outside of funeral home or outside of cemeteries uh, to bury the dead in Italy it's just dreadful and because of that and because people are put into isolation families aren't always able to be with their loved ones wh- when they're passing away and this is somebody in it was somebody in England a lady by the name of Caroline Hopton she posted on Facebook I think it was on, it was on fa- some social media site anyway yes I think it was on Facebook uh, she says uh, with this lovely picture of an elderly woman who we find out when you read the post is, is her mum COVID-19 stopped me holding my dearest mum's hand in her final moments last night she died alone in isolation after being admitted early Saturday morning and was put in isolation just in case it made losing her even more devastating how many more families will go through the same yeah and unfortunately that is what's going to happen it's just it's absolutely uh, shocking and utterly heartbreaking utterly utterly heartbreaking Okay, um, other, and thank you for somebody sharing that um, with us. Other questions and calls coming in. Hi Patricia, I don't suppose charity shops are open, says Mary. I don't think so. Um, If anybody knows of a charity shop open for Mary, let us know. I know the Vincent's shops, which are the shops run by the Society of Vincent de Paul, they've, they made the decision early on last week to close all of their shops. So I don't know if anybody knows of a charity shop that remains open. I would be surprised. I really would be surprised. And then grandparents who are afraid of being around their children and says, if you have mild asthma, is it OK to see your grandchildren, Suzanne? All of these advice that's given out to grandparents and keeping away from children and keeping away from the grandchildren, it's your individual choice. If you feel well and healthy enough and the asthma doesn't really affect you but with asthma even with mild asthma you are in an at-risk group but it is an individual choice nobody can force you not to see your grandchildren as nobody can force you to see them and I know it's very difficult particularly some grannies and grandparents have very close relationship with their grandchildren and they're finding it so hard I've seen pictures up on Facebook of granny and granddad being outside the window waving in at the children or being outside the fence and the children are inside in the garden talking uh, to their grandparents but you know the telephone is there and uh, FaceTime and Skyping there's lots of ways that we can now communicate with our grandparents as well Um, but individual choice and I can't tell you one way or the other to go see your grandchildren uh, or not Janet says I've booked flights for the end of May my mother is an 89 year old do you know will I get my money back says Janet I see at the moment they're not offering refunds because all of those flights are still that the flights aren't cancelled but as I say according to an expert within the travel industry that we've been speaking to 
there's something happening there's laws going to change so something is there is a move afoot because so many people have booked either packaged holidays have booked flights have hotel accommodation booked because we were already into the the, the beginning of the year January, February is the time when people start focusing on summer holidays and lots of people book their holidays early because you get better bargain if you book early so many people have paid up for holidays and many people have paid for flights and now people are in a situation either A you can't get into the country because the country is on a lockdown or B you don't want to go to the particular country so I think all of the aviation industry and they're going to take some hit out of this are going to have to do something but as of now Janet no you can't get your money back but that could change so as I say watch this uh, space Hi could you help me please says this texter we're losing a day's production here where I work uh, due to sales being down are we entitled to draw anything I would suggest you go on to gov.ie and there's a special section for the COVID-19 I know yesterday when we had uh, Mary our expert on I asked about people on reduced hours and she said people on reduced hours which meant their money was down they could claim but I don't know can you claim for one day do you have to be down two or three days I'm not too sure but if you go on to gov.ie nothing ventured nothing gained there's a very simple one page form that you download and send it off and and see see how you get on but I mean you my my gosh would tell me you should be but I I don't work for the Department of Social Protection so I don't know uh, for sure but uh, give it a try Okay, also, hi Patricia, this is Anne John Paul, this is Anne to say. I was so mad to hear you say that people were being nasty and giving out to John Paul on the phones uh, yesterday. Tell him don't take any notice of them. They are only, and Anne, I can't use that word on air, but we know. People can imagine what Anne is calling those people that were nasty to our John Paul yesterday. And they are more than likely the ones who are stocking up on the toilet rolls. Keep up the good work. <laughs> You're a star. That's from Anne. Thank you, Anne. I'll pass on those kind words to uh, John Paul. OK, also on... That's one for Jane, so I'll hold off on that. Thank you for that. If you have a question for Jane, uh, please get it in to me. And this is, hi, Patricia. Well done on the good work that you and your team are doing. Thank you. Can you please give a gentle reminder? And I don't want to add extra fear, especially to the elderly, but just to be careful as to who's calling to their door before they answer the door, as I'm fearful that some fosters could take advantage of this situation, especially if people are waiting on deliveries, etc. Our guard can be down at the moment as our minds are concentrated on the virus. We don't want anybody being upset any further, says Mary. That's a good piece of advice. Yeah, anybody calling to an elderly's person, any person's door, you know, anybody in the community would probably be known uh, to the person. But for the elderly person, if you have one of those spy holes in the door, use that. If you have a chain on the door, put the chain on. Make sure if you don't shout out, ask who it is, ask them to come to the window, go to a window and take a look. Do not open the door unless you are 100% sure that you know who is there. And Mary said she got a face mask earlier. It was three euros. She thought that was too much for one mask. That's the going rate, can I say, for all of those face masks when they went into when you couldn't get them for love nor money at one stage the cost of them and again people are giving out about the retailers and I'm slow to say it's the shops that are price gorging because many of certainly many of the chemist shops that we heard about when hand sanitizers went up when we looked into it it wasn't the chemist shop themselves that were bumping up the price it was where they went to to get their normal supply and their normal stock from it was the 
supplier into them who they buy from that was putting up the price and then they had no other choice because so many of their customers were looking for it be it the hand sanitizers or be it the face masks but remember we've been constantly told by the experts that the face masks are only good for somebody who actually has COVID-19 to make sure that they, they're not passing the droplets on to anybody else. But for anyone else, you're not going to get any protection. And then you've got to be very careful when you're taking off the mask because it's near to your mouth and your nose that you could end up inadvertently giving yourself the virus if you pick the virus up somewhere else. We're back again to those two things hanging at the end of our arms, your two hands. Keep your hands scrupulously clean and keep your hands away from your face. And that's the one way you'd be guaranteed that you are not going to pick up COVID-19. 1850 333 and, and on a scam alert, scammers are phoning people saying that they're from social welfare and offering to transfer your payments directly into your account in the event that your local post office may close. Isn't that shocking? Social welfare are not making these calls. Do not give your bank details to anyone over the phone. And we had on post on, on post have no intentions of closing, of closing down. So, Pensioners do not have to worry. We had on post on explaining if you couldn't make it out yourself to get to the to the post office, nominate somebody, fill in the form and somebody else can collect the money for you. But please, social welfare will not ring you up telling you to get your money directly put into the bank that just simply would never happen under any circumstances and it certainly is not happening now and just one more in the midst of all of these texts this is from Teresa Patricia I'm self-isolating because of my age I had my shopping collected by a very kind friend but when I went to put it away it occurred to me that several people had handled every single item the person who put it on the shelf the store shopper who picked each item I haven't unpacked yet am I being overcautious could the virus be on my bag of flour could it be on the egg box? Are store staff wearing gloves or hand sanitizers? Your thoughts, please, says um, Teresa. I personally think it'd be fine because if I go into the shop and do my shopping, I'm picking everything up. I don't have gloves on me. I do see some people going around the shop wearing uh, gloves. Again, if your hands are scrupulously clean, it's fine. I would unpack your shopping and Teresa, then make sure that you wash your hands that 20 seconds with, you know, making sure you got the soap up into a good larder. I did see a piece on how long the virus can last on surfaces. It's not airborne, by the way, because I can see somebody saying can coronavirus can it be picked up in the air. No, it cannot. It's droplet. It can't. It's, it's not airborne. How long does it last on surfaces? On plastic and stainless steel, it can last, it can potentially last For three days. okay. now that's on plastic and stainless steel. The half life then is about six hours on stainless, six hours on plastic or five hours on stainless steel. On cardboard, the virus is not viable after 24 hours. The half life, it's gone in about three hours. And on copper, which is the shortest survival time, it's four hours for the virus to become inactive. And the half life is uh, 46 uh, minutes. Copper is by far the best. Nothing seems to survive on copper for some reason. But what I would suggest, Teresa, if you are nervous, but I certainly haven't been going home unpacking my shopping and wiping everything everything down. Um, but if you are nervous about it, certainly, but, you know, when you're going on those times that I've given out there, the half-life and then it's gone completely. If you're leaving your shopping, sit there for, for a while. That's probably a smart move. If there's any virus, it's probably well gone. But pack it away because then it will be gone 
you know, when it's in the cupboard. I mean, the one on the the, the plastic, after six hours, the half-life, it's in the cupboard. If you go back to the cupboard and you're not using it again, if you don't go near the egg packet until tomorrow, it, if there was anything on it, it would be well gone. But just make sure that you wash your hands afterwards. But I certainly have seen no advice from people saying that when we bring home all of our shopping that we should wash every single item. And I think if that was the case, if they felt that was one of the ways we were picking up the virus, I imagine the experts would have been out and certainly giving us certainly giving us the that piece of advice but I certainly haven't seen it and all of the shops I've been in the workers working flat out lots of them working with gloves and there's hand sanitizers in a lot of the different supermarkets as well 1850 lines open The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie Cancellations for tomorrow night. We've none for Thursday, so for tomorrow, Music of the Night concert in aid of Enable Ireland. That was due to be held in Chai. Christchurch and from White that's off there was also to be a dance in Kilbehany Community Centre no dancing tomorrow night fundraising dance for the Air Ambulance for the River Island Castle Island is off the Irish Light in Laharan Heritage Centre cancelled and the Whist Drive in Lissavard Hall also cancelled for tomorrow night also on Saturday the bingo at the Old Chapel Rooms in Kilfinnan that's off and the Cardiac Support Group North Cork have cancelled their presentation arranged for next Monday that was due to be held in the Mallow Daycare Centre. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie OK, uh, let me go through a final look at some of your texts coming in with the uh, Shout out if you want a pet question for Jane. Please get it into us, 1850-333-103. Pat says, Patricia, I wipe everything from my shopping with bleach on a sponge. I take no chances. Uh, yourself and John Paul doing great community service. Thank you for that. And bleach, by all accounts, good old traditional bleach, when people were going mad buying all the antibacterial wipes and sprays and then there was lots of the supermarkets you couldn't get the antibacterial Um, and I read actually online that bleach good old common bleach I know a lot of people don't like the smell of bleach I don't mind the smell of bleach I'm kind of slightly weird like that I think it's a lovely clean smell other people absolutely detest it but yeah what if you want to go to that length when you come back in yeah and wipe clean keeping our surfaces clean at home as well you know wiping down all the work surfaces that's all important Um, you can use any of the bacterial sprays but if you have none of those good old common bleach uh, works wonders as well Mag says really shouldn't we be copying China's example and go for complete lockdown that could be coming that could be coming I don't know if we will ever be able to instigate what China instigated. Their country is very different, but I certainly think we will be going towards the type of lockdown that they have in Italy, whereby you're only out on the streets when you need to be out on the streets and you could be stopped by the guard, you're stopped by the army and asked what you're doing out on the street. And in Italy, if you're caught, they're fining people left, right and centre. 170 euro if you're caught out in the streets when you're not meant to be out in the streets in Italy. And they have to do something. They have to try to get a grip. They, ha- they have to try to stop the spread of this uh, virus. This is on the Leaving Certain Junior Cert that we mentioned. They've cancelled all the oral exams but everyone's going to get uh, full marks instead. Uh, Texas says, I know it's very tough on the Leaving Cert and the Junior Cert students, but really, I don't think that they should get full marks on a cancelled practical and orals. It should be average based on the past year. Who gets 
what percentage got full marks before, says this texter. Do I take it that somebody who did leaving cert in the last couple of years or somebody in the household in the last couple of years I imagine any of last year's students will be very very annoyed that some people get very nervous around an oral and might give of their very best well that's the decision it's unprecedented times it's never happened before and the decision that has been made is to give them full marks Maria says with regards to Aer Lingus and the voucher offer that I received today by email because I've got a flight coming up in April and they either want me to transfer to another date which I'm I'm slow to do because I can't just randomly pick another date that I'll be I'll be free and want to go away uh, and instead they've offered me this voucher but he wants to know any idea how long is the voucher valid for you know I don't know I literally glanced over it this morning before I came to work I just happened to see the email in from them so I don't know and from what I could see I think I had to apply for the voucher and then I'd be told but I'll check it out for you this afternoon Marie I'll take a longer look at the email and I'll get back to you tomorrow as I say we are expecting an update in the coming days when from the travel industry something is afoot and we're waiting to see what it is. Hi Patricia could you let me know if Annalise oh this is sorry this is a question that came in yesterday as well and the lady sent it in again because I just was too busy to get around to it yesterday Lister wants to know Annalise Trussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballincollig can you just go into the shop to see her or do you have to make an appointment no you can literally pop, it, pop in in person she runs it's a health food shop. It's called the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. So if you're in your room to Balancolic, pop in. Lots of our listeners pop in and um, say and tell her that you're one of the listeners. She loves to hear from people who listen to her every Monday. She's great. She's just an absolute mine of information. Now, can anybody offer advice on this one? Question for you all. This texter who's just signs their name anonymous. I clean in a HSC facility. I'm not employed by the HSC. I mean, they're obviously on a contract. What are my rights? If I refuse to put myself at risk by cleaning there. Ooh, I don't know. I, I actually don't know the answer, but I'm sure some listener out there will know. If somebody refuses to do the job because they're nervous, maybe they've got a health condition, would they still get paid? Would they be able to sign on? Would they get covered under the COVID-19 payment? I've, I'm, I'm at a loss on that one. I would suggest you go somewhere like Citizens Information may be able to help you on that. Or maybe if you directly contact your local social welfare office, maybe give them a call. And I'm suggesting everybody calls because we're trying to get people not to call in in person to any of the offices. So if you maybe give them a call and just say that you're, you're feeling a bit nervous about doing the job, explain your reasons. You know, maybe I don't know if you have an underlying health condition and just see what they suggest. But arm yourself with all the information before you decide to make the decision because I'm assuming if you give up your job you're not going to have any income coming in and I'm assuming we all work to make money that it isn't the case that you can just give up your job and that you don't need the the cash that you receive for it. And hi Patricia I'm really cross and fuming actually how stupid some people can be thinking oh what's going on here. The market in the square in Mitchellstown was going full on at 9am this morning. No respect for the medics, pharmacy, people serving in the food chain etc. I hope that the government bring in the powers that be to end all this sooner rather than later. People need to stay at home. We did hear that some markets closed down. I suppose if they're doing the social distancing, if they're keeping apart, are they keeping are, they, are all of the stalls two metres apart? Are they making sure that people who come to their stalls are keeping two metres apart? You know, people who are 
down at that market today and there'll be other markets, farmers markets tomorrow. Friday is a big day for farmers markets. People will say, this is how we make our money. This is how we make our livelihood. People want to go out and sell their produce. But and I suppose they can continue. They certainly continue, can continue to do it at the moment. There's no rules in place or laws in place to say you can't have a market. As, but as I say, we have called out some markets that have been cancelled. But this social distancing, if you keep the two metres apart and try to keep everybody safe that way. Hi, Patricia. For a couple of years now, we have had people saying they can't get their children to go out and that they're stuck on their phones and their computers all of the time. Now that the children are supposed to remain indoors, what are they doing? They all seem to be congregating outside. Surely it's time that the Surely it was time for the parents to step up to the mark. The parents are the ones in charge and not letting their young ones rule the roost. Get those children off the streets and get them back inside. And this is if we if the country goes into lockdown and if we follow the Italian model, one person from the household will be only allowed to go out to the shops. There's always somebody has, has an example of why that, that won't work in their scenario. And the listener says... Uh, what about one parent that can't drive? How are they going to do the shopping? Can they go with the hobby in the car? <laughs> what, what would be suggest? Hobby mightn't be too impressed with this. If the hobby is the one doing the driving and you normally do the shopping, hobby will be told to take the shopping list and go off and do the driving. If we, strict, if we stick religiously to what they're doing in Italy... I don't know if you could, when you were, if you were stopped initially and there was a husband and wife had not to do the shopping, I don't know if you could use the excuse, I don't drive, so hubby is driving me. I think what the police would be saying to you is, well, then hubby should be the one doing the driving. Uh, we don't know if we're going to get a lockdown that severe. Nobody knows. We're just looking at what has happened in um, Italy. Hi Patricia, I'm just, I stopped at the roadworks on the Cork Road in Mallow. This was in the last hour. Everybody is standing around in each other's mouths talking. There is no social distancing going on there. Sheila says, uh, Patricia, put on a good song for children might be, this is the children who are congregating and are out playing. Don't stand so close to me by the police. It might remind them to say, to stay that two feet apart. What's happening, this is another question, what's happening with home carers? If we go into lockdown, are this cocooning that's been spoken about, what's going to happen to uh, their clients? Well, if you're talking about home helps, they'll still continue even if somebody is cocooning. Can I just say to people that are caring full-time, we have had a number of distressing calls and emails and texts in from full-time carers who are really worried if they, the carer, come down with COVID-19 and they're told to self-isolate. People asking the question, how would I self-isolate and look after the person that I'm caring for? And then people saying, what about the person that I'm looking after? What if they get COVID-19? Can I still continue to care for them? So we are, it is one of the, we have a long list of interviews that we're hoping to do and we'll be getting to all, you know, giving as much advice as we can next week and dare I say across the coming weeks and carers is on our list. So isn't that we've forgotten about carers? We just haven't gotten around uh, to it yet. Mary says, Patricia, this crisis could last months. Could people at least consider opting to get their 
on post payment into their bank account? Would that reduce the level of contact? And since cash has been discouraged, this would be more efficient and cleaner in shops and pose less of a risk to others because a lot of the supermarkets now are encouraging people to use card instead of cash. But you'll have a cohort of people, Mary, and listen, I won't say a cohort, I'm in that cohort, who prefers to work with cash. I prefer to you know, have set amount of money, know what I have, know what I'm spending. And there are a lot of people like that, but we may get to the stage where we're all going to have to just use use our cards if they clamp down and make it as, as strict as that. Hi, Patricia. I was in Duane's pharmacy, is it in Kentucky yesterday? They have an excellent setup there. Pharmacies are unreal because they, they have people coming in who are not well as well. So I think all of the pharmacies are going above and beyond and they're a first line for people as well. You know, people who are avoiding going to the doctors are going into the pharmacies in, instead. And I certainly was passing booths on Main Street in Mallow. They were stopping, from what I could gather, they were stopping people going in and I think there were hand sanitizers were coming out and obviously asking people, are you feeling all well? Feeling unwell? And then they were letting people in and obviously monitoring the numbers of people that were going into the shops as well. And we, we will, I think, see more and more of that. And on the nurses and doctors that are coming back to bail this country out and help this country out in time of crisis. They've answered Ireland's call for sure. Somebody's worried about the number of nurses and doctors that will come back from from foreign countries and work in our hospitals. Will they be at any risk? No, I'm assuming if anyone is coming back and this listener has also mentioned them coming back from foreign holidays, if any of them are coming back from countries like Spain, for example, they'll all be told to self-isolate. Any nurse or doctor I don't know if there was if there's a nurse or doctor coming back from Spain this weekend. I imagine there isn't, but they will self isolate for two weeks, and it will be same with any of the doctors and nurses if they come from any country that has a lot of COVID nineteen. No, they won't be going straight onto the wards uh, for sure. Sheila says, "Hi, Patricia. Here's an idea how to use up your spare time." Oh, this is lovely. This came in from Sheila earlier yesterday. I was clearing out cupboards and I came across a suitcase full of old photographs. Some of them going back 40 years. Looking through them, I laughed and I cried. Before I knew it, two and a half hours had simply disappeared. Needless to say, I didn't get back to my clearing out, but I'm getting back to it now with a vengeance this morning. Well done, Sheila. And for those people that are stuck indoors, that's a good suggestion. Good old spring cleaning. I actually did it the other Saturday. I did a day. Saturday was the day was it the day that I decided to go? No, it was St. Patrick's Day when I decided to go, that I was go, trying to do a COVID-19 free day. So I was up at early in the morning. I got, I think, a seven o'clock news bulletin. And I said, OK, that's it. I'm not going to listen to the news for the rest of the day. And then I stayed off social media because I think social media can be the worst of it, can be the best of it, but it can be the worst of it. So I steered clear completely of a social media for the entire day and I didn't go back to news again until I had the news at half five and the news at six then and, and checked back in again. So I needed to fill my time during the day. And one of the things I did was I had a good clear out of, of one of the, the bedrooms and you just feel great afterwards, don't you, when you walk back into that room. So that's a good suggestion. You'll while away many, many hours clearing out wardrobes and drawers and moving the bed and hoovering in behind 
it and the amount of dust that accumulates in bedrooms. We'll all have spotlessly clean houses by the end of that, I, I guarantee you. Can people, says another texter, can people self-isolate and take it seriously, please? I see loads and loads of people gathering at Supermax in Mallow. Surely the staff are at danger of getting the virus. They're certainly not doing the social distancing that we're talking about. Do any of these restaurants that are still open and takeaways in particular, are they worried about their people or not? This virus is getting very, very serious in this uh, country. And there are a number of people saying it's a time for the restaurants now to close up shop. Ina wasn't too impressed with photographs that are on today's Irish Examiner. One is from Tullamore and the most shocking one she felt was Cork University Hospital staff in the canteen not practising social distancing. What message does that give out Patricia? And these were photographs of food that's been delivered. There's a wonderful kind of a campaign has started to feed our heroes and there's food being sent in and pizzas have been sent in and gorgeous trays of sandwiches and there's actually a GoFundMe page set up to, to feed our heroes the, the frontline workers and to make sure food is being sent into the hospitals because many of the workers they barely get a chance uh, to get a break and there was photographs taken of them with some of the food that had been delivered and they're all gathered round in the canteen so Ina felt that they should have been doing the social distancing of spacing themselves apart by a metre even though I don't suppose when they're working flat out on wards they have any chance to be a metre apart when they're on the ward working together because many of them were in scrubs in, in the photograph so I suppose if they're not doing it on the wards there's not much point when they step into the canteen that they will be doing it there as well Hi, let me see. Is that all of the ones that I want to give a quick shout? Okay, and just one more final one. No, two more final ones. That, that. Hi, Patricia, question for you. Do you know, you know all of the big factories like Munster Joinery, Costell and Alps. What are they doing about safety for their workers? These workers work in very close proximity on flat factory floors. They are surely at high risk leaving the factories open. Does the government care about these people and all the household rules are pointless if they're broken at work giving maximum spread of virus. There are mass gatherings on a daily basis. Hello? Like the powers that be need to wake up. The small fellow will get away with nothing but these big companies can do what they like and not a mention of them. Again I will go back they're trying to keep the country going as best as they can to anybody working in an environment like that where everyone's on top of each other it goes back to hand hygiene and good cough and sneezing etiquette when somebody leaves that factory floor they make sure and while they're at the factory floor they make sure that they don't if anyone's coughing or sneezing they do it into your elbow they make sure they wash their hands at all times they make sure they're not putting their hands to their face at any time and when they come back home to you the first thing you get them to do is they walk in the door they should wash their hands and sanitise their hands when they leave work and they do it again the minute that they come back in so they don't bring any of the virus uh, in with them and hi Patricia could you give a shout out to Curtains Fruit and Veg Market in Canturk they're open for business get your fruit get your veg and flowery potatoes out in the open air so they're and that's going on in Canturk. 1850-333-103. OK, we're going to park it there because we're going to have Jane Pickett 
Our resident vest join us answering all your pet questions. If you haven't got your question and get it in now, you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Ag foile mach quid den anihe is farlin. Shae truer C103 air kirkig. Is marga be yene the English market elor har kirkui in a will raimsha lahan stali agus shastoin. Le bushdeiri, bokheiri, kanahori eishk, stali glassri, shapui cafe a hodas clohish agus avadni smo. Din korole hosu the hodil, win saltas an atmosphere, nublasana agus blafele un irgniv sho, a hen shirgadin vlien, mila shakiad sa hochtau hocht. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss restricting the people that are allowed to enter the building and we're on the skeleton staff here at C103. Jane Pickett, our resident vet, has to join us over the phone. Good afternoon <laughs> to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. How has the veterinary practice uh, been affected by COVID-19? Do you know, it's a massive effect now. Nothing on the scale of, obviously, our health workers in the hospital, but we're really feeling it too, I suppose. As uh, an essential service, we're, we're really obliged and we want to stay open um, to take care of the sick animals under our care, particularly in an emergency setting. So we've had to take quite extreme measures to, to protect both the, the public and the staff to make sure that we can stay open, providing the services that are essential for us as long as we can, really. And do the social distancing and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I know a number of practices around the country, I think the vast majority now at this point, where a lot of us are, are taking measures, that, let's say pe- people calling into the office, so we're uh, extreme social distancing. So a lot of practices like like my own, we, we've set up a little table outside where we can pass you items, very much like going to the garage overnight yeah. uh, through the little hat. And we're seeing only emergency patients at okay. the minute. And that's just the limit. Because uh, a couple of people, including Niall in Grena, want to know, how do we protect our pets during this time? Can they get COVID-19? Mm, so the current advice is, uh, particularly from, I suppose, our, our governing bodies and the WHO, is that pets can't 
actually get the COVID-19 themselves, okay, which is an absolute godsend. It's great. At least we don't have to worry too much about them in, in this situation. But, of course, it will have a knock-on effect on them because I suppose their routine is all out of out of kilter now because they, their owners are potentially at home self-isolating. We're not able to, let's say, as freely go for walks in the park or, let's say, to dog training classes like we normally would. So I'm, I'm sure for them, they, they think it's all a bit odd. Um, I, I think, essentially, the, the main things are just keep protecting yourself and and as a result you're protecting your pet although although at this moment in time there's no evidence to say that they can get this this disease so all the usual things hand washing social social distancing i think one thing i'd be particularly careful about is and what i worry about when i'm taking my dog for a walk is uh, i suppose dogs always want to meet each other and we have to be very careful that let's say two dogs out on a walk wanting to meet each other doesn't lead us to break our own social distancing yeah so being quite careful I noticed about that like I that. noticed that at the weekend but but Annette in Charleville is making the point that she's obviously not going out as much is yes. there anything that can, can be done to keep them busy and amused oh, at home plenty, and in the plenty. garden so I think now I, I, I think if now is the perfect time to, to explore options of how you can maybe exercise your dog um, in, a, in a more enclosed environment if you need to, let's say if you're not able to go out and you, are, and you are isolating. So if you have a back garden, great. Lots of things you can do there. You can chase ball. Um, you can both get some exercise. You can go for a little run together. But I think one really interesting thing that we could all potentially work on as a little challenge this, this time is that we could potentially do a little bit of dog training. So I think a lot of us are able to do the basics like sit and stay and down, but really solidifying those things. Um, to do that, we need lots of little training bursts, five, ten minutes here and there as often as possible. And if you're at home self-isolating and your pet's a little bit bored, that's the perfect way to keep you both entertained, but also them quite mentally engaged. They're doing something um, and you're bonding together as well. Um, so I think potentially there's lots of information online, lots of incredible um, dog trainers have, have done little videos on how to teach your dogs tricks. Um, so simple things like sit, down, stay, but then progressing to more exciting things like, you know, uh, wagging the tail, barking, giving the paw. I think now is the perfect time and getting the kids involved as yeah, well. Yeah, and as well, and it, yeah. will, it will while away a, a few hours. Oh, okay, uh, a question for Jane. My 18-year-old cat, God, that's an old cat, got a sarcode tumour on her head. It was between her eye and her ear. The vet removed it, but about five weeks later, I noticed the skin getting bumpy again. Okay. It's now big again, so obviously it's back. What's okay. the prognosis with these tumours? Are they just looking, are we looking at another removal or worse? Oh, mm. thanks Jane. I think that's, that's a really difficult one. So sarcomas are, are quite a, a broad section of tumours that we can get and they can, some can be very, very slow growing, some can be a lot more aggressive. Um, so I think given that your vet has, has removed the original tumour, I suppose like any operation, even with ourselves, when, when masses are being removed, there's always a risk that there might be regrowth or there might be just kind of, let's say, regrowth in the same site. So I think really the best thing to do is pop them into your vet. The vet will do an examination. Further sampling may be required, but I think it's really down to your vet. They'd have all of the information as regards how aggressive this particular sarcoma is, what course needs to be taken. So I think it's, it's a very individualistic approach needs to be taken in this case to make sure that the, the advice is, is really good for your dog to make sure that you guys get the best outcome. So I think definitely a trip to your vet is in order, but without without seeing him and kind of seeing the initial results, I, I wouldn't be able to guide okay. any further. Yeah, go, go, go back to the vet. Yeah. I just think, I always think when, when 
a text like that comes in, somebody's worried. This, especially when she says, "Is oh, or is it worse?" I in know. case she's thinking it's it's the uh, it's the end. Uh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Sorry, I, I I just didn't give you enough time this week. I promise I'll allocate more time next week. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> thanks for that, and thanks Thank for joining you. us. So bye bye. Stay Thank safe you. as well, because that's you what it's too. all about. You that too. is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, and. Um, Apologies that we didn't get to all the questions. I will hold off on the questions. I'll hold them over and we'll do our very best to get them next week to Jane. I'll just try to get to her a little bit earlier. It's just there's so much stuff coming in and I can see so much more stuff coming in that we didn't get to. But as we did yesterday and as we do every day, we do read through all of the texts that have come come in and I'll hopefully be able to get to some of them tomorrow first thing on the programme. And if anybody needs help, we'll be able to get back to you as well. I did see somebody says, I've got two sons. This is just in. I have two sons living in Australia. Will I be able to send Easter eggs and potatoes to them as their birthdays are at this time as well. Absolutely. Get them in the post and get them out. Post office are very busy so give yourself plenty of time. Got to leave it there. Thanks to John Paul uh, who produced. Nick is with you for the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow at 10 the I'm Patricia uh, Messenger. Stay safe. Cork today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Low cost fuel Simon Coveney, Tónishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs. People need to be careful with where they're getting their information from and they need to listen to radio stations like yours to ensure that they're getting accurate information because the government are making, you know, enormous decisions that impact on people's lives in a major way. C103 is committed to bringing you the facts about COVID-19. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us for essential Cork news and information. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103.